Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The dense forest seemed to hold its breath as I patrolled the winding trails of the National Forest. Strange occurrences had been plaguing these woods, Incidents that defied logical explanation. A chill ran down my spine as I couldn't shake the feeling that this forest was haunted by an unseen presence. With each step, I delved deeper into the mysteries that clung to the ancient trees. Whispers of tragedy and untold secrets echoed through the rustling leaves, urging me to uncover the truth. The weight of the past pressed upon me, as if the forest itself yearned to share its sorrow. It was then that I stumbled upon the grim history that hid beneath the serene facade. Five past park rangers, their lives extinguished in a shroud of mystery. Their deaths remained unresolved, leaving behind a trail of unanswered questions and a lingering fear that I could be next. 
As I continued my patrol, a foreboding presence settled over me, intensifying with each passing moment. It was as if unseen eyes watched my every move, their gaze piercing through the veil of reality. My heart raced, my instincts urging me to flee, but duty compelled me to press on. Suddenly, a flicker of movement caught my attention. I turned to face the source, my eyes widening in terror. There before me stood a four-legged creature, its body contorted in unnatural angles. Its eyes glowed a haunting red, emanating an otherworldly aura. The locals called it the Crawler. A creature whispered about in hushed tones, said to be a harbinger of doom. Fear and adrenaline coursed through my veins as I raised my weapon, aiming to protect myself from this abomination. I squeezed the trigger, but the crawler evaded the shot, disappearing into the depths of the forest with an unearthly agility. The sun dipped below the horizon, casting an eerie glow over the landscape. I returned to my isolated cabin, seeking solace in the sanctuary of my dreams. Fatigue weighed heavily on me as I succumbed to sleep. The morning light cast its gentle rays upon the campsite, but something was amiss. Campers nearby discovered a lifeless body lying motionless in the remote cabin. The cause of death. A stroke. A cruel irony that a ranger dedicated to protecting others had succumbed to the very depths of his own fear. When I was around 1718, and now 23, probably about a year or so before I had symptoms show up, I worked at a cinema which is notoriously haunted. People quit their jobs from seeing things. Multiple people on no claim to have heard unexplainable voices, laughs, cries, doors locking being knocked on when no one's around, that sort of thing. I was working on the food counter, and a guy in a wheelchair came in and said, Look after your body, kid, and in an extremely haunting fashion. Me being an immature drug enthusiast laughed it off, and he'll never forget the look he gave me when I giggled at what he said. It's almost like I can still see his face and hear how he said it. I've had sleep paralysis with the guy's face staring back at me. Creepy. Yeah. But the funny thing is, shortly after this is when I started experiencing crazy health symptoms. Loss of control over my bowels, bladder. Pain in legs, arms, etc. I clearly didn't listen to his advice. Smoking, drinking, doing pills, sniffing anything that can be sniffed, basically just abusing my body to a high extent. <clears throat> Can't help but think this guy was some kind of messenger. Something warning me about the path I was about to go down. So fast forward to today, I'm not well at all. And it all feels like I've just ignored the signs that were put before me. I've never really been too into the whole God stuff, but I've always left a space for the thought of something bigger than me. But recently I've started praying before I go to sleep, just asking for insurance with my health, etc., hoping for the best kind of thing. I've always had an overactive imagination. I used to think I could astral project and always had crazy lucid dreams. But in the past few days I feel like when I close my eyes all I can see is crazy dark shit, almost like demons and dark shit going on. But last night, I had these visions where two people were dressed in like robes, and one of them offered me a hand, which I took. One of them then continued to dig into my chest and seemingly remove the pain in my chest, and then held their hand up, 
almost bringing attention to their five fingers. I don't know what this means, and it kind of scares me as to what it could. I guess what I'm here saying is, you guys just think I'm nuts. Anyone had any similars going on in their life? Is it time to fully accept? God into my life. If knows, let me know what you think. My son and I were in the Detroit area in the fall of 2000, October. We heard what we thought was a high-pitched scream coming out of the creek bottom. We heard the sound twice, once very close, just about 300 yards downhill from us. Then again, from farther off and to the right, in an area of big timber. The sound left an impression on the two of us. We have hunted and fished all over Oregon, but the sound is like nothing I've ever in my life heard. It was as if you could hear it in your head after the sound had stopped. The area is southwest of Detroit on the south shore. Would very much like to hear other recorded sounds, but little unsure. Maybe a little freaky hearing the same sound recorded by other people. Have been interested in Bigfoot since was a kid, but the sound we heard is like nothing we've ever heard. I was driving home from the night shift at my job in Pinkham Notch, New Hampshire, in the White Mountain National Forest. It was a half an hour's drive at around 10.30 p.m. I'm always on alert for moose and bears which can pop onto the road at any time. The night was foggy and wet. Suddenly, about ten minutes from town, I noticed a movement next to my truck on the driver's side. It was a very large animal running alongside at an angle as though trying to cross Route 16 from left to right. My truck was in the way of its crossing and I swerved to avoid it. It was doing about 50 miles per hour and it kept right up for about a quarter mile. It had a full coat of six inch long silvery black and gray hair undulating. Thrust its hind legs forward so fast it was a blur and pushed its long front leg or arms under its body to propel. The head was tucked down in the dark. I maintained my speed, and the creature kept right up, not tiring at all. Then suddenly the movement turned into a hyperspeed blur, and it launched forward in front of my truck and jumped the guardrail near a stony brook to my right. It disappeared. It was not a bear. I have spent a lot of time alone or with others in the mountains of New Hampshire and Maine with many large animal encounters. I never saw anything like this before. It opened my eyes that these Bigfoot beings are around. Now, as I hike the deep woods with my dog, I notice strange things like uprooted saplings, tree trunks, and roots stuck into the ground upside down. Carefully arranged identical stones and patterns on the path. I have feelings of not being alone. I quietly sing and deliberately think that I am simply passing through and I have no desire to mingle with or bother others on the trail. I travel with my dog in a loaded 9mm pistol just in case. So far I've been left alone. I bump into hikers on the Appalachian Trail and sometimes give them a ride to town. So far no one has admitted to any encounters, but I always ask if they have noticed anything strange on the trail. As an ambitious archaeologist, I had always been captivated by the mysteries of the past, especially the stories of the long-lost Native American tribes. When I stumbled upon the ruins of one such tribe, hidden deep within a dense forest, I knew I had made a monumental discovery. 
Among the artifacts I found was a set of ancient texts detailing their encounters with a mysterious and terrifying cryptid known as the Howling Wind. According to the texts, this creature was believed to control the weather and unleash devastating storms. I felt a mixture of excitement and trepidation as I continued my research, eager to unravel the secrets of this forgotten tribe. However, I could not foresee the consequences of my actions. By delving into the mysteries of the past, I had unknowingly unleashed the dormant spirits of the tribe's ancestors. Angered by the desecration of their sacred grounds, these spirits sought vengeance. In their quest for justice, the spirits summoned the howling wind to terrorize the nearby modern Native American community. Unrelenting storms ravaged the land, and the people were left in a state of fear and despair. Realizing the connection between my actions and the chaos that had befallen the community, I knew it was my responsibility to make amends. With the help of the community, we worked together to understand our ancestors' connection to the cryptid and find a way to bring peace to the land. We studied the ancient texts and discovered a possible solution. A gun filled with the poisonous blood of our ancestors, which was believed to have the power to defeat the howling wind. Determined to end the suffering of the people, I ventured into the heart of the storm to confront the howling wind. The creature's fury was unlike anything I had ever experienced, but I held on to the hope that our ancestors' wisdom would guide us to victory. As the wind howled around me, I took aim and fired the gun, the poisonous blood piercing the cryptid's ethereal form. The howling wind's screams filled the air as its power began to wane, and the storm finally subsided. The spirits of the ancestors, satisfied that their sacred grounds had been avenged, retreated into the realm of the past. With the chaos finally at an end, the community came together to rebuild and heal. We vowed to honor our ancestors by respecting the land and the ancient wisdom they had left behind. The story of the howling wind would live on as a reminder of the power of unity and the importance of understanding the past in order to protect our future. I never told this story to anybody but my daughter because I knew nobody would believe me. I don't even believe it. I worked at a video store back in the early 90s, and this couple came up to the counter to pay for their movies. They were talking, and the girl was saying, I know what I saw. It was a centaur. I was like, huh? Her friend said, you must have been drinking something or on drugs. After they left, I was thinking the same thing. That girl was on something because there's no such thing as a centaur. Fast forward a couple of months, me and my boyfriend were going to a racetrack about an hour away from our town. We were making small conversation, and I looked to the side of the road. The road we were on was known for deers, and I was looking out. As I continued to look, I saw a man on a horse, and as we got closer, it wasn't a man on a horse. He was a part of the horse. I turned to my boyfriend and asked him, did he see it? He didn't, and I was not going to tell him what I saw, because he didn't believe in that sort of thing. Uh, I wondered if this was what the girl in the video store saw. I just can't believe what I saw. A centaur that's made up, right? The sweltering South American jungle loomed before me as our helicopter touched down, the humid air sticking to my skin like a second layer. I was part of an elite Navy SEAL team and our mission was to rescue a group of kidnapped scientists taken by a rogue paramilitary organization. 
As we made our way deeper into the jungle, we quickly discovered that the dangers went beyond armed combatants. The jungle was infested with monstrous creatures, known only in local legends as Nightfall. These creatures were the stuff of nightmares, with piercing red eyes and razor-sharp claws that tore through the darkness with ease. Navigating the treacherous terrain, we fought valiantly against both the creatures and the paramilitary forces, each step bringing us closer to the captured scientists. Along the way, we uncovered a sinister plot. The rogue organization planned to weaponize the cryptids for global domination. Time was of the essence. We had to foil their plan before the world was plunged into chaos. As we neared the heart of the enemy's base, it became apparent that we were outmatched. The nightfall creatures were relentless, and the paramilitary forces were better prepared than we had anticipated. One by one, my brothers-in-arms fell, and the hope of completing our mission began to fade. In a final, desperate assault, we managed to free the scientists and sabotage the rogue organization's plans. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. But the price we paid was steep. My entire unit was wiped out, leaving me as the sole survivor. I carried the weight of my fallen comrades as I returned home, ready to share the truth about the horrors we had faced. But the government had other plans. They covered up our mission, erasing any evidence of the nightfall creatures and the rogue organization's plot. Our sacrifices were swept under the rug, deemed too dangerous for the public to know. And so I am left with the memories of my fallen brothers and the knowledge of a threat that still lurks in the shadows. The world may never know the true story of our mission, but I will never forget the bravery of my team as we face the unimaginable. In the end, we may have stopped a global catastrophe, but the cost of our victory will haunt me for the rest of my days. A friend and I were day hiking on a somewhat off-the-beaten path part of a trail near a local swimming hole. We stopped to have a snack next to the creek, and shortly after we noticed a middle-aged man wearing short neon orange wind shorts walking quickly up the trail toward us on the other side of the creek. When he was directly across the creek from us, he sat down on a rock, maybe ten, fifteen feet away from us. He was somewhat obscured by vegetation. But we heard what sounded like him squeezing sunscreen into his hands or something. We didn't think much of it at first, but he just sat there staring at us and moving kind of weird. We finally realized he was vigorously jerking off. 
We started yelling at him to go away and threw the apples we were eating at him as we grabbed our backpacks to leave. I swear I heard his jizz hit the water as he finished. All of this happened in like less than five minutes. We got the F out of there and warned the couple we ran into on the trail near the parking lot our way out. I don't know if he had been waiting or the opportunity just presented itself. It's not so much that the action itself was shocking to me, but it was the first time I realized that, as a woman, I still have to be aware of my surroundings when I'm camping or hiking, like I would go into my car at night in a parking lot. Before that, I'd always felt safer in nature because I didn't think I had to worry about people. I am a small woman who loves solo camping. I know old stories. I know it can be dangerous. I do my research, and I go in safe as I can. Not a gun person, but I bring the loud alarms, bear and pepper spray, and I always stop at the ranger sites on the way in to say, hey, I'm here, this where I'm going to be, and this is when I'm hiking back out. I am very aware of my surroundings. I usually go late fall because I hate the heat and backpack in. This time of year, I'm often the only source of light for a while around, which means all the moths come to me and my fire, and then all the bats beat the side of my tent for an hour or so after I stop reading and turn off all the lights. It was creepy my first year, but I didn't mind it anymore. It was about half an hour after all the bats had given up eating all the bugs I'd drawn to my little oasis. When I started hearing them beating their wings in the trees again, I gathered my sprays and horn, but it was just the beating of their wings. No light, so I figured maybe they had decided to nest over my campsite. I tried to go to sleep, but my neck was prickly. About an hour later, I heard screaming. Human screaming. I tried to call the ranger number, but no signal. I stayed awake all night and heard nothing else. Hiked out that day. Ranger said they didn't know anything. Went back, packed my shit up, and went home, even though I had another few days vacation left. Didn't feel right. A few weeks later, it was reported the two women went missing in that park while I was there. Never found. I still go solo camping. I always follow my gut. It was Christmas Day, late afternoon. I have a ham in the oven, and we were waiting for it to be done. My husband and his dad went to the neighborhood Quick Mart. They were driving home and turned onto our street, which is just down the block from a school. They see what they thought was a hang glider landing on the football field. They remember it's Christmas Day, and we live in a very suburban neighborhood less than a mile from downtown. Who would be hang gliding on Christmas Day when the area is full of houses, trees, etc.? They saw a human figure gliding in the air about 100 yards above the ground, and the car was about 30 yards from it. My husband describes it like this. It was light gray as if it is a smooth suit, with no scales or bumps. It seemed to be wearing goggles. He did not see arms. He saw wings behind him like the ice skater racers in the Olympics, arms close to the body but maneuvering. Its wings were not feathered but does not have any more details. At no time did it unfurl them completely. The thing seemed to realize that it was being watched, and it rose, and it suddenly changed direction. My husband tried to trail it in the car, but it flew away quickly. A 
I was hiking a local but rarely used trail a couple winters back. The sun was setting so the woods were starting to get dark, but no worries as I only had a couple miles left to get back to my car. I came to a spot in the trail where it winds down a rather steep 40-foot high ledge. I stopped for a minute to gather myself and pick my route down the ledge when I spotted someone down below, near a small stream crossing about 50 feet from the bottom of the ledge. I couldn't see the person very well in the gathering darkness, but I noticed he appeared to be dressed head to foot in all white clothing. Unusual, but not all that weird, I figured. I picked my way down the ledge, mostly facing out toward the rock as I went, so I didn't see the guy again until I was at the bottom. By that time, I was close enough to see that he was not wearing all white clothing. He was, in fact, naked, except for a pair of tidy whiteies and a fur hat with ear flaps deployed. As soon as I saw him, he appeared to duck down behind a low mound. The trail went right where he was, so I proceeded forward because, you know, no big deal, right? After taking a few steps in his direction, I realized he was actually sitting in the stream, in his underwear, in the rapidly darkening woods. In winter, there was snow on the ground, two miles from the nearest trailhead road. He finally looks over at me and says, You're probably wondering what I'm doing, right? Yeah, well, I was wondering about that. Yeah, okay, yep, I'm doing one of those polar bear challenges next week and thought I should get some practice in beforehand. Okay, he climbs out of the stream and starts walking over to me. I don't know if this guy is legit or just a crazy person, so I start moving up the trail toward a junction a very short distance past the creek crossing. I stop there for a minute to read the trail sign and verify I'm going the right way, and he catches up to me. He gets a little closer to me than I'd like him being basically naked and all. So I casually take a step back, and he promptly takes a step forward, closing the gap once again. Are you heading toward road name? He says. I was, but didn't want him to know where I'm going as he's starting to freak me out a little bit, standing there in his underwear, dripping wet. No, I tell him I'm heading the other way, toward other road. That's a long way. Yeah, I'm training for a long snow hike and trying to get some miles in. It's going to be dark soon. I can give you a ride to your car. No thanks, I was planning to be out late and have my headlamp with me. You sure? Yep. Thanks for the offer, though. There's a long pause here while we both study the trail sign, or pretend to. He turns to me and says, You probably think I'm some kind of crazy person, don't you? Well, you were sitting naked in a stream in the middle of winter, I say jokingly. Yeah, I could see how that looks a bit odd. No worries, I've probably done some pretty odd things in my life. Yeah, like what? I didn't know what to say. Is I wasn't sure I'd actually done anything that odd before, so I say, Oh, I don't know. I'm sure there's something. Anyway, I need to get moving. You sure you're okay? Yeah, I'm good. Hey, maybe I'll go that way with you, and you could maybe give me a ride back to my car. Okay, so there's no way I'm doing that. I just want to get away from this guy, who I suddenly notice is either really well hung or is getting about a half a chub. Dude, you're naked and wet. It's literally freezing out, and it's five miles to the other end of the trail. You should probably just get back to your car and get some dry clothes on and warm up. 
Yeah, you're probably right. With that, he turns and starts jogging up the trail. Since I actually needed to go that way, I considered following him, after giving him a healthy head start, but couldn't shake the thought of him ducking off the trail and waiting for me to come by. So I hiked the other direction to a point where I could look back to my car on a different trail. I was glad to finally see my car. By now, it was around 8 p.m. and jumped in and locked the door before changing into my street shoes. I looked around to see if there were any cars parked nearby, but didn't see any. However, as I left the parking lot, I did see an older Jeep. Cherokee parked along the road. I couldn't tell if anyone was in it, but didn't waste any time getting back to some place less remote. My parents owned a cabin in the woods of Virginia. Shortly after purchasing it, both my mother and sister told me they thought the cabin was haunted. I didn't laugh, but I laughed to myself. I don't believe in that sort of thing. They said that they would lock the door at night and wake up in the morning, and the door would be sitting wide open. My sister said she thought someone was pranking them, and even accused me of driving two hours into the countryside to prank them, then turn around and drive two on two hours home. No, I did not do that, so I dismissed their silliness. So about a year or two later, I decided it would be cool to visit the cabin during the winter. Everyone waited until good weather to go. I had just bought a Jeep, and it was supposed to snow a few inches, so it seemed like a fun adventure. I drove to the cabin, and it was staring to lightly snow when I arrived. It was very cold inside and out at 12 degrees F. I lit the wood stove and stoked it up to warm up the place up, and it was taking forever. I got the temperature up to about 35 indoors and decided to go to bed. So, remembering the stories about the door, I checked both doors, locked them, and pulled hard on the knobs to ensure they were actually locked while laughing to myself. I put an extra quilt on the bed, crawled into the freezing bed, which warmed up quickly and fell asleep. I had this nightmare that I woke up, and the cabin was incredibly cold, so I walked from the bedroom to the living area to relight the wood stove, and the door was sitting open. I turned to my right, and there was a seven-foot-tall humanoid creature which had an exoskeleton like an insect. Its eyes were red, and its knees bent opposite of humans, like some birds. The nightmare startled me awake. I was laying there in bed for a moment, and I realized that the room was incredibly cold. I got up to go check the fire, and when I stepped into the living area, the door was sitting wide open, and the snow had blown in on the floor. Remembering the dream and the creature, the area where the creature stood was pitch-black dark. I frantically fumbled for the light switch, and the lights came on, and nothing was there. I got dressed and walked to the door and looked at the snow. There were no footprints of any kind in or outside the cabin door. I'd like to add that at no time did we ever arrive at the cabin to find the door open. The door opened only when people were staying in the cabin. It also was not dependent on the fire being lit. One of my theories was it was heat expansion, but my family stayed there during nice weather and rarely lit a fire. I never stayed alone in the cabin again. A few years back, I was visiting Australia with my family. We are visiting some friends in Mildura, and we decided to go visit an old sheep-shearing building that was historic or something. 
Anyhow, the doors to the farm like building are shut, and while we're standing around taking photos, classical music is playing. Not a recording or anything. It sounded like people using violins and trumpets. Not an awful writer. So I can't really explain it, but it just sounded like someone was doing it for a party. Then it stopped. No instruments. And all the folding chairs folded up. I ignored it, assuming it was probably just a radio, but then, once we left about ten meters, we hear a blood-curling scream. It sounded like a man, and we run inside the farm and nothing's there. 